There were bloody fingerprints on the letter he held out to her. His hand shook with the force of the effort required to make even that small gesture. She reattached the tessin to the chatelaine and rushed towards him. Good heavens, sir! What happened? Were you attacked? Shot! The letter! Take it! He sucked in a sharp breath. Please! She dropped the satchel and the parasol and crouched beside him, ignoring the letter. Let's have a look, she said. She infused her voice with the calm authority that her father had always used with his patients. George Doncaster had claimed that the notion that the doctor knew what he was about gave the patient hope and courage. But this particular patient was not in the mood to be reassured. He had one objective in mind, and he pursued it with every ounce of his fading strength. No, he said through gritted teeth. His eyes burned with determination to make certain she understood what he was saying. Too late. Name's Stanbridge. I booked passage on the Star. Looks like I'm not going to be making the voyage to New York. Please, a favour, madam, I beg of you. Very important. Take this letter. He was not going to let her help him until he had made certain that she would deal with the letter. Very well. She opened the satchel and dropped the letter inside. Promise me that you will see to it that the letter gets to my uncle in London, Cornelius Stanbridge, Ashwick Square. I am on my way back to London, she said. I will deliver your letter, but now we must deal with your wound, sir. Please let me examine you. I have had some experience with this sort of thing. He fixed her with a riveting gaze. For the briefest flash of time, she could have sworn that she saw something that might have been amusement in his eyes. I have the impression that you have had a great deal of experience in many things, madam, he said. You have no idea, Mr. Stanbridge. I will take excellent care of your letter. He looked hard at her for a few seconds longer through half-closed eyes. Yes, he said. I believe you will do precisely that. She unfastened the blood-drenched shirt and eased aside the hand he was using to press the crumpled coat against the wound. A quick look told her what she needed to know. The flesh of his side was ripped and bloody, but she saw no sign of arterial bleeding. She pushed his hand and the coat back into place and got to her feet. The bullet passed cleanly through, and I don't believe any vital organs were struck, she said. Working quickly, she hiked up the skirts of her travelling dress and tore several lengths of fabric off her petticoats. But we must control the bleeding before we take you to the ship. There is no modern medical care available on the island. I am afraid that you are stuck with me. Stambridge grunted something unintelligible and closed his eyes. She fashioned a thick bandage out of one long strip of the petticoat. Once again she eased his clenched hand and the coat away from his side.
She pulled the edges of the wound together as best she could, fit the bandage over the gash, and then clamped his hand on top to hold the compress in place. Press hard, she ordered. He did not open his eyes, but his strong hand clenched tightly around the makeshift bandage. Swiftly, she wound two long strips of petticoat fabric around his waist and tied them securely to hold the bandage in place. Where did you learn to do that? Stanbridge growled. He did not open his eyes. My father was a doctor, sir. I was raised in a household where medicine was the chief topic of conversation at every meal. I often assisted him in his work. In addition, I travelled the world with him for a few years while he studied medical practices in various foreign lands.